We were this perfect family on the outside, hiding the truth underneath. Welcome to Connections with Rich and Bobby. Hi, this is Rich, Rich Homeris. And I'm Bobby, Bobby Hamlin. Now, today we're continuing our talk with a woman who was sexually abused as a child, who's sharing her courageous story of survival and ongoing recovery from the scars of her abuse by God's grace. Now, portions of her story are somewhat graphic and may not be appropriate for children or younger listeners. I was going to say I met my grandfather, my dad, my dad's dad. When I met him, it was like meeting Darth Vader, you know? That's how I can put it. He was in a wheelchair. I registered because I was so placative to my dad's feelings. I so over-identified with his needs than my own Mm -hmm. that I could feel his own anxiety and his own sense of shame around his dad. I just got that all. It was such a brief 15 minutes, I think. And I just thought, what an evil person. I didn't even have the words evil, but I just thought, uh, you know. Yeah, you reacted that way. Well, you were so young when all of this started, at least. And so can you talk a little bit more about how it affected your own self-image? Sure. Because you had this wonderful babysitter and also a very affirming mother, I assume from what I'm hearing. And so this was so different. Did you... um, put that on your dad or did you have guilt feelings like you invited it in any way or or how did that affect your self-image? So as a little girl, you know, I, um, I'm fortunate to have my mother in a, as a professor, as a place of kind of distinction and I would come and see her, you know, teach. So that gave me a positive sense of self-esteem for me. I learned early to hide any negative stuff somehow, you know, mm-hmm. and went along with this idea that um, we were this perfect family on the outside, you know, hiding the truth yes. underneath. Not that that was my mom. My mom just didn't know. But um, people tell me, like, I have been reacquainted with my high school friends, middle school friends, and they're like, we had no idea, you know. I had this, like, you know, happy positiveness, but I had this great depth inside, right? Because of what I'd gone through. And so I seemed to be popular. Fortunately, I was pretty and nice and I had learned all of the social graces, but, um, I always chose my best friends as people who have already gone through stuff. You know, we didn't even recognize it at the time. Later on, we're like, well, no wonder we bonded. Mm-hmm. I was dealing with this. You were dealing with that. So that was all fine and well. But we were living in Moraga. I was a freshman and then a sophomore. And I think in my eighth grade freshman year, when both my brother was out um, working my sister was away at college and they were begging my mom to leave my dad. And she'd say, why? But they weren't even current with their own abuse. They hadn't dealt with that. Just said, you just need to get her out of there. She's alone with dad. You don't understand like that. Mm. And she kept hearing this. And my sister was a great student, 
but she got like a D minus C plus progress report in biology because they were going over human sexuality. And it's really hard for the psyche to study something when you've got this and not have it come forth. So the easiest thing is to not deal with it. And that was a blip, right? And I remember her being slapped because we were above average. We couldn't even get a C, right? So we could only get A's and B's. Yeah, so then I had the same teacher going through the same thing in biology, 8 a.m., and I would go to the nurse and say I didn't feel well. I just couldn't go through the whole human sexuality thing. And I think my mom started to see something. She never in a million years expected that my dad was doing that. My mom, it's not in her DNA to have known about that and not acted on it. Then one time I went to the nurse's office and she's like, oh, I talked to your dad. He's home. You can go home. And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling better, which made the nurse think mm-hmm. there's something going on. So she spoke to my mom and she said, really? So then I started to go home with a woman from my mom's AAUW chapter. I would go home and be with her. And my dad tried to get me a couple times and my mom knew. I need. To, I don't know what's going on, but I need to get out of this. And also because I had a blip on my school record, I was brought into this like breakfast club. And I think maybe my mom was worried about her her school position as well. Who knows? But like I never went back to school after that. We went to Illinois so she could think this through. She got someone to take care of her classes. Initially. Uh, It was towards the end of the semester anyway for her. So that was the end of my sophomore year. And when we moved to Burlingame, I put all this great effort in like, you know, getting a job. I mean, I was asked to go for the cheerleading team, but I'm like, I've been there, done that. No, thank you. I, I was in all these honor roll classes. It was too much because what happened is all of a sudden I'm safe. My dad's not in the picture. And um, I had these feelings come up, and I didn't understand these feelings, you know. They were, when you're used to keeping everything down and controlling everything yourself, you know, and things want to come up, it was like I was here, but I wasn't here, and it was freaking me out, so I didn't go to school. So you're kind of shutting down in a way as things came up? I think, I think up, things were coming up. It wasn't a shutdown. Shutting down, I felt that's when you just can't deal with the pain and you're just trying to numb yourself. But this was things just wanting to come up and changes wanting to happen, and I, I, I couldn't, couldn't deal with it. Recovery from such a traumatic experience such as our guest has endured doesn't happen instantaneously. It takes time, as she's expressed. Yes, and because of the nature of our talk about her abuse as a child, she's asked us not to mention her name, but she bravely wants to share her story to help others. And we'll be continuing our visit with her in just a moment, so do stay with us to hear about her journey to her road to recovery. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to connect with you. Just go to our website at Connections with Rich and Bobby, all one word and Bobby is spelt with an I, dot com. That's Connections with Rich and Bobby, dot com. There, all of our podcasts are posted, 
along with all of our contact information. Also, we're now posting our programs on YouTube. Just go to our YouTube channel, Connections with Rich and Bobby, and watch it there on YouTube. So now let's return to our visit with our guest. We pick it up where she's sharing about how she dealt with her school in the middle of the anguish that she was coping with. So um, I would send these letters saying, you know, I wasn't feeling well. And then one day I'm waiting for her to leave and she gets a call from the office, the attendance office, because they liked me and they're like, uh, where is she? And she's like, uh, she's standing right here. And they, and she's like, oh, really? Because they had just told her and I just like this dread. And now she's a new mom, right? Single mom. Used to kind of deferring any punishment to my dad. Well, your dad can take care of that kind of thing. She didn't want to be the bad guy. So that, and she's going through her own, you know, divorce. And so she, she's just like, how, my good daughter, how did she do this? Right. She was just surprised, like as if I had shoplift or something. So she um, went to school. She felt bad about it. She later like, you know, talked to me, but I was freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my mom. I've got to save myself. So I took, I either walked up, took the bus. I think I walked all the way up from Burlingame to, um, I think it was Mercy Hospital. And I went up to the psych ward, psychiatric ward. And I'm a, you know, an adolescent, so I'm not yet a adult. And I, they gave me a, like a sheet to I said, I just need to talk to someone. And I put suicide. I put all these things. And the best thing happened to me. So the the chair, or the person in charge of the psychiatric um, thing, her name was Kitty, black woman with her hair tight back like Cicely Tyson, you know, Miss Jane Pittman. Anyway, she just sat and talked to me and listened for like two hours. And... Were you being honest? Was this coming out? Yeah, but I wasn't, I didn't know about the abuse. I just, I just talked about how heroin leaving my dad was because we had a couple of heroin adventures trying to leave, you know? I mean, this was rocking his whole world, my mom leaving, you know, and the status quo. So, yeah, and she's like, I'd really like to continue seeing you. I'm sure she knew what was happening. And remember, I'm just feeling this, like I'm crazy, this feeling of being in and out of reality. And she's, she gave me hope. She said this. She's like, this feeling you're feeling, it's like the brain. The brain is like a sponge. It can only take so much in before it has to be rinsed out, How mm-hmm. it has to be, you know, let go of the water, right, that it's holding. And this is your brain's way of, you know, dealing with this. But in time, it will disappear. And before you know it, one day you look back and you're like, I don't feel that way anymore. That's all I needed. So this was part of your recovery process and healing. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is one piece of it. This is like giving me hope that whatever I was experiencing was okay. I think Kitty's words really was a testament to how the brain, you know, deals with stuff, but I still didn't 
think I had stuff beyond the divorce, you know? Was there any thought when Kitty heard uh, what you had gone through about uh, contacting the authorities regarding your your father and the abuse that you and your family had gone through? No, because I really, I didn't say anything that was uh, about physical abuse, you know? This was years before sexual abuse was even on the, you know, I, I think it wasn't until the 90s that we even talked about it as a, in our consciousness. Awareness is an important factor in our homes, schools, and churches, where those who are suffering are crying out to us for help and safety. Are you listening? Yes, and picking up on any warning signs around us. And next time, we'll be continuing our visit with our guest, who has so much more to share about her pathway to recovery. It'll be so helpful to anyone who has, or who you know has, experienced some of the trials that our guest has gone through or maybe even a trauma of a different sort. So be sure to invite them to listen, or to watch it on YouTube. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast on this platform, or any of the others like iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. It's always free. Also, if you've missed any of our programs, or would like to hear this current one again, or to invite others to listen, just go to our website at connectionswithrichandbobby.com with no spaces. Also, all of our contact information is there as well. Then, if you have a smart speaker, you can also listen to us there by simply saying, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, play the podcast Connections with Rich and Bobby. Also, you can listen to our program on Pandora. And again, you can connect with us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So do take a moment to let us know about you. And we'd love to hear any feedback that you have about our programs. And just a little reminder, we're now posting our programs on YouTube. So you can just go to our YouTube channel, Connections with Rich and Bobby, and watch it there. That's Connections with Rich and Bobby on YouTube. This is Connections, connecting with one another as Romans 1 verse 12 says, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So thank you for listening, and remember, tell others and spread the word, God's word. And don't forget to join us next time on Connections with Rich and Bobby. Bobby.